0: How's it going, Mets and overall baseball fans? Welcome back for the latest free agent frenzy show here on YouTube, but it's also a collaborative version of our Believe in Queens podcast that you get not only here on Wardy NYM, but also wherever you get your audio podcasts, that's Google, Spotify, you name it, make sure to go out and check it, rate, review, all that great stuff. We have a massive episode tonight, myself, Wardy NYM here on YouTube, you guys know me, that is Anthony Recker, former New York Met, now turned MLB Network analyst, Joe Sorrell will be here shortly, and we're also also going to be having on the show live in San Diego from the winter meetings, that being Mets beat reporter in Pat Regazzo. So a lot to get into, guys. We saw Jacob DeGrom is no longer a New York Met, and already the Mets have filled the void for that ace role with a multi-award winning, that being Cy Young award winner, World Series winner for the second time here with the Astros, that being in Justin Verlander. So we're going to be sharing our raw reactions to the JB signing, what this means for the Mets now. Was this the right move for them overall, him especially with DeGrom out of here. What moves are on the horizon for the Mets as they are not done with starting pitching? Brandon Nimmo updates on him. A lot of craziness going on live here in the winter meetings, but we have a lot to get into. But before we get any further, I just want to shout out everyone here on the live chat here on YouTube. Make sure to smash that like and subscribe on. Greatly appreciate it, folks. If we have time, we'll try to get to some questions at the end of the show. And, of course, have to let you all know that today's show is brought to you by Bet BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports band needs. So make sure you head over to BetOnline.ag using promo code Belete. At BLEAV, that we get a fifty percent off welcome bonus. Bet online—it's where the games begin. And now, folks, let's let the show begin. All right, Rec, my goodness, I know you sprinted to get here. I mean, Joe—he thought he was going to be here. On we thought that we were going to be perfectly on time for this one, but just like every other show, it never works that way, does it?
1: No, uh, real life gets in the way, and nobody wants to know what I've been dealing with the last. No, <laughs> 48 to 72 hours. You, you do know Tyler, unfortunately, yeah, no I one wants to know. I, I agree with you. Nobody else wants to know what I've been dealing with. So um, we'll just leave it at that and say that. Yep. I'm glad to be here. That's all I got for you on that front. Um, as far as, are, are we getting straight into Verlander? Or is that what we're yeah, doing? Let's, just, what let's, do just get right,
0: let's get right into this one. Cause we haven't okay. even recorded yet since DeGrom left. So before yep. we even got a chance to do a singular episode about Jake, Now already the Mets filled the void there. So for you, I want to first ask, what was your reaction to DeGrom leaving? I know that I was, I'm not even going to lie, Rick. I was ranting about you a little bit when I was talking about it the other day, because that's when you're texting me. I'm not going to say I didn't tell you so. And you did, I get it. But one, I know you feel good about that, at least being right. Two, I want to no, know, how do you feel no. about Justin Verlander?
1: I know you're joking. I want to know. No, how you- I really don't. I really don't. I really wanted Jake to come back and be a man. Like, no, no I, know. I know. This is what's funny. This is what's funny. This is what's funny. So I go on Twitter. I go, you know, I go online when I speak, when, when I'm on MLB Network. I haven't gotten to speak about this stuff on there yet. I'm on later this week. Um, I, I always say what I truly feel, and I try not to let any of my raw emotion or my desires or I try not to let that get in the way. Sometimes it yes. does. And I'll try to be transparent about that too. Um, when I said on this show and a couple times on, on the network that DeGrom, I don't think he's coming back. It wasn't because I didn't want him to. Oh, I know. It was I just because me, I, know. I know I truly felt like the fit for him was going to be better elsewhere. Not because you know, I didn't want him to be a med. I, I I would have loved to see him finish his career as a med. So I, I wanted to be wrong in that respect. Like I really did. I wanted to be wrong. I wanted to text you and say you were right, Wardy. I was wrong because I would have loved to see this guy come back and continue what he started here, continue what they're building here, and move forward with it. Um, I guess. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> this is part of what I'm dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> anyway um i guess the part of me that i am that's dumbfounded and you maybe you can help me with this mm-hmm. is the fan who's saying and there's a lot of them good riddance to Gram. you've been hurt you weren't worth that many years like what did what did people say when wheeler went to philly Oh, not worth the money, not worth all those years. And I, and I was Guys, I was not one of those fans. Stop it.
0: Yeah.
1: DeGrom is one of the best to ever do it. To ever toe the rubber. Not for the Mets, not for in the NL, just period. All time. He has that ability. He has shown it at times. Has it been extended? No. Guy didn't get to the big leagues till he was 26 years old or whatever. He hasn't had that kind of a career yet. He hasn't been able to put that kind of a stamp on it. He had a season that was taken, like two-thirds of a season that was taken from him in 2020. And then obviously, yes, for the last two seasons, he's dealt with some issues. But if you look before that, this guy was an insanely healthy, consistent, everyday guy. And he pitched at a Cy Young caliber in those seasons. I mean, 2019 is one of the best years, or was it 18? I'm sorry. I'm losing track of my years here. It's one of the best seasons we've ever seen a guy throw, especially in the modern area. I mean, this thing has been compared to Bob Gibson, for gosh sake. I mean, it's crazy. So to me to say that, oh, he's just injury prone and good riddance and five years, 180, that's too much. I don't believe that. I truly don't. Yeah. I think you're going to look at these next two years and P- and beyond. I think you're going to look at these next two years, watch what he does in Texas and see what Verlander does here and say, I wish we had Degrom." That's not to say that Verlander is going to be bad. I'm not saying that, but DeGrom is going to be that good because he, to me, he, he is that guy who can consistently pitch even when he is a little bit hurt. Now there was a report from Heyman over the weekend. Um, after DeGrom signed that said that they offered him an extension before the 21 season correct for three years. Right. Yeah. Um, in, in, in my opinion, it, it wasn't the, the contract he already signed. That wasn't what bothered him. That wasn't the issue. I think that extension may have been a slap in the face to him. Um, as you saw, they went and signed Shirley, Scherzer the next year, a guy who's, you know, five years older than Degrom was then, to a three-year deal. So, what? I'm I'm starting to understand where there was some level of like, you know, he took offense to that, a little bit of a slap in the face, and I see it. I get it. Like. If I'm him, I'm not saying I want to feel that way, but and I'm not saying he wants to feel that way, but there might be some of that. Um now look, when you're talking about this amount of money, I get that people get upset that you're, you know, oh, it's a slap, it's not a slap in the face, they're off in a moment. it's all about what your market demands and what you've done for this organization. And a guy doesn't have to take a hometown discount just because he came up with you. If anything, the organization should owe him more because that's what he's the level he's pitched to over all these years they owe him $50 million a year for what I'm, for all I'm concerned. And I really thought they, they saw that and they were going to give him whatever it took. So when, you know, the reports came out that they offered him three years now, but you know, didn't really get a chance to go for five. He probably saw it as, you know what? I already got a three-year extension offer from you. I already felt disrespected. Someone's giving me the years that I want, or at least more years. I'm going to take that and I'm okay with that. And It's just, it's the nature of who I think Jake is. I think he's just more of a small town, laid back kind of a person. I don't think he, you know, needs to be in New York. And that's okay. I I hate it when people get upset that like, like he's a bad person or a terrible competitor because he doesn't want to do it in New York. He just doesn't want to deal with it. There's a lot that goes on and comes on you for being a Met and for basically feeling the weight of having to carry this organization at times, which Jake has had to do. That's a lot to ask of somebody, and if he doesn't want to do that, all all power to him. He's good enough to go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants. I am surprised, though, that the Mets only offered him three years now, because yes, I understand the whole short term deal. You know, we want to let we want to give ourselves an opportunity in three years to have younger guys coming up and build the organization a certain way. This guy deserves so much more from you as an organization. He put. So much out there. And I, I shouldn't say that because I hesitate to say things like that because the game of baseball owes n- nobody anything. But from an organizational standpoint, what he's brought to this organization, signing that first deal, and you know, obviously that he felt was, I guess, what he was worth at the time. Well, he proved differently over the last you know, however many years of that contract that he's worth even more than that. And I think he, on some level, must have felt yeah, like I'm, I'm, I am worth more than that. I've, I've proven that and you're not willing to pony that up uh, to a guy who, who did it here. Okay. I'll just go somewhere else. And that's okay. Maybe he didn't take offense to it, but maybe he's just saying, okay, I'm just going to go try it somewhere else. And that's that, you know, I just feel like it's, it's off to the next place and I'm okay with that. That's I I don't, I don't like hearing fans bashing a guy on the way out when a couple months ago you were, all about Jake coming back and getting healthy, all about him and Max being the two at the top of your rotation and you were going to win a World Series. No, it didn't work out. Was that all Jake's fault? Absolutely not. Did he have a couple of bad outings? Sure he did, but it falls on a lot of other shoulders too. The offense disappeared. Max didn't do his job. There's a lot of people that didn't do their job. You could say pretty much the only one who did was Edwin Diaz. He's pretty much the only one that did his job the entire the entirety of the end of the year at least. Um, so realistically – I just, I just, that, that bothers me. Like that, that really gets to me. Um, Here, wait, before- kicking him on his way out. Cause he's, he was, he was so much more to this organization. No. And I agree with
0: you. And before, before you transition into Verlander, cause we have a lot to say there, I just want to further add, no, I'm a hundred percent on your wavelength. I don't, agree with the notion of the fans that have been writing off jake right away but again everyone's entitled their opinion there were people that were like that sayonara wheeler as well i was never like that and it's good at least knowing that seems like in this scenario to a degree even even though that yes jake may have felt slighted by the fact that he was given that contract offer pre 2021 season, and he, you know, it just wasn't comfortable for him. However, you can also give that argument that at least it's different th- than the wool Wheeler situation, where the Mets simply weren't even going to go out and um, do that and then go out and use that money. They weren't going to. With DeGrom, it was a trickier situation because from the reporting, they had negotiations with Jake that Thursday night. Then, once they got to Friday, as soon as he started to get heavy in negotiations with the Rangers, that was it. It was sayonara. So it seemed like that this was something that I've been building up for a while, right? There's been a lot of rumblings that we saw throughout the year that Jake seemed like he was distancing himself more from them for the Mets uh, from the Mets and I, I tend to agree when you actually look at it I agree he wasn't that same type of Joville as positive pitcher that we've seen and again a part of me was thinking well you know it's because he's missed so much time over the past year he's probably just frustrated wants to get on the mound and get things cooking and rolling but you could tell that there was some distancing going on and I think it's just a shame because now when finally the Mets have an owner that's adamant about being a consistent contender, a team that's going to be in a winning phase for years on end. It felt like the prime time that, okay, that has to sway Jake, right? Cause he hasn't had that his entire career other than, you know, 2015, 2016. But the point is, is that there wasn't consistency there. Now we're finally going to start to get consistency at the Mets level when it comes to having deep runs, going into playoffs, things of that nature. So, from Jake's side, you can understand where he's coming from, and from the Mets, you can also say, hey, we were never given the final offer. Would they have won five years? I don't think so. I, I never got that impression from the Mets, mainly because of the fact that they knew. I think
1: they're crazy if they wouldn't have, and that's just my – that's, that's- –
0: yeah no, and, and i wanted there. jake and i want i would have been in favor if the mets signed jake to whatever it was but again that's also the homer of me talking that just wants jake to be in queens and you know be you know the next best thing since tom siever for instance i I want to see a statue of jake but that isn't going to happen yeah. now and you could tell though that with jake's connection with the Mets, that wasn't as much a priority as it was for him to one make sure he gets the bag a longer term deal and again he He's again, he's a Jacksonville boy. I see him wearing the cowboy hat. He's going to love Texas. I I, I know that for a fact. And he's probably going to thrive pitching in that stadium specifically as well. So I'm curious to see how the future holds for Jake, but I'm not one of those people that's holding any grudges. If that makes sense. I'm not like that by any stretch. And I disagree with fans that, you know, uh think that he's a complete traitor, things of that nature not every player is going to want to be here for multiple reasons. And we don't know all of them. We don't know. I think the medical staff with Jake too. Did he feel bothered by being so micromanaged over the years? I'm not sure, right? Is that something that factor in the things not getting run support his entire career? Was that a factor? You know, like we don't know. We we're not, we're never going to know for certain, but what I will say is what we do know is that the Mets prior to Jacob deGrom, even officially leaving, were quote unquote enamored, blown away with Justin Verlander from their meetings. And just like that reporting came out yesterday, Rec from Carlos Bayerga. And he's a guy that has gone some things right before talking about Toronto Blue Jays news and others. He reported on Instagram yesterday that the Mets were finalizing a deal for Verlander and he was almost perfectly on the money with the deal just slightly off, but he had it. So I credit Carlos. And then today it breaks around what 5:25, 5:30 30 PM Eastern time. I'm in the shower sprinting out of the shower without context in my eyes. I see I'm watching. I always watch a YouTube video to start my day and I see I'm squinting and I see that the update from Andy Martino that the Mets uh, signed Verlander. So I sprint, I'm going to talk about it on YouTube right away. And we're doing that now. So I am cautiously optimistic with Justin Verlander, and I know that you're going to probably be a heavier critic than I am on him. And while, don't get me wrong, this can definitely be a recipe for disaster if himself and Scherzer don't have the durability that you expect from a 162. But for a Verlander who just came off a Tommy John surgery, who literally at the age of 39 won the Cy Young pitch just under 200 innings, He's someone that I feel confident is going to even be more durable, I'd argue, than Scherzer for the next year at minimum. And as long as those two hopefully get between 25, close to 30 starts, fingers crossed, I'm liking what I'm seeing here with the Mets. Verlander, it's huge. I love the fact that the Mets were able to get this deal done and fast. They fill their ace, and again, it helps Mets fans that were all crying over Jake over the past couple days easily transition. Okay, now we have another ace. Now I'm happy again. So, what's your raw thoughts about Justin Verlander signing a two-year, $86.6 million deal, the same AAV, identical to his former teammate, and that teammate again in Max Scherzer with a third-year vesting option, which I'm pretty sure I told you and Joe I would be more okay with if it was, say, a vesting option, and it is at 140 innings pitched in his second year. If that hits, then he will be with the Mets for his third year at $35 million.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) 40, 41, and 42. Those are the three years you're getting out of Verlander. When Jake is done with his five-year contract, he will be younger than Verlander is today. Correct. Um, Okay. Give me the pros and cons, Rock. Well, first of all, I, I love Justin Verlander. His career, everything he's done, been fantastic. He's been lights out one of the best pitchers of his generation. He's a Hall of Famer, three-time Cy Young winner, two-time World Series winner. You can you can list all those things, right? And I get that. What he did last year was incredible. 175 innings, 175 ERA. I mean, one of the lowest ERAs in the modern era, Uh, it's, it's incredible what the the season he was able to put together. Um, I think it was the fourth best ERA plus since 1990 something, I don't know, since the expansion. Um, it it was in in the AL, it was, it was just, it was incredible year. And I, I truly believe, um, it obviously it wasn't by fluke. This guy has done it his entire career and he's had some ups and downs, but for the most part, he figures it out and he does what he needs to do. Um, I, my reaction is yes, you lost Jake. So your options were pretty much Verlander or Rodon, right? Like that, that's it. If, if you want one of those caliber pitchers, like a top tier caliber pitcher, those were your last two left. Yeah. Yes. Bassett's out there. He's great. But if you want a top tier pitcher, that was it. The reason I like Rodon better is similar to the reason I would have liked Jake better. Yeah. Um, not quite the same because Jake offered a little bit more in the way of the fact that he's literally the best on Jake the planet is Jake. when know. he's healthy yeah. and he's, he's done it here. Like, I mean, he's proven he can do it here and it, I mean, not that Justin can't, but Rodan coming in, you know, it would be interesting to see. Um, now that said, Rodan's 30, right? Rudon's 29 and he's only going to get a six year deal more than likely. Yeah. This is his Um, age 30 season. Correct. What I'm saying. Coming up. Um, I'm okay. Paying a guy in his prime prime money. Like I'm okay with that. Verlander is not in his prime. I don't care if he had a one seven five and that's the best of his career last year. Um, There's something to be said about, you know, yes. Taking two years off. But there's also something to be said about taking two years off and rehabbing for a year and getting your arm probably as strong as it's been since you were 30 years old. But can you repeat that the next year when you don't have that time off and you're not going to be rehabbing again? I don't know. Um, Is he the Tom Brady of baseball? And can he do it till he's, I'll say 44, because this year Tom Brady's not Tom Brady? Maybe, but maybe he's going to be Tom Brady at 45 this year maybe he's going to be tom brady at 45 next year and realistically i'm i don't think that that's what you pay someone 86.6 million dollars for that's insane like he's making oh, sure 1.3 contract is 7, 5. 5. all these guys' contracts yeah. are ridiculous well, so I'm, I'm not just well, they're the same contract that. they're making yeah. 1.375 per start if they if they make 32 starts assuming they can do that i don't think they will then you're thinking about okay, come October, am, are they going to be after 32 starts? Because let's not forget, this past season, one of the reasons that Jake and Max might have not been their best come October was because they didn't really – I mean, I know Jake only pitched, what, 11, 12 starts, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I know he you know, he didn't pitch a ton, but I'm sure they wanted to ease him a little more than they had the opportunity to. Yeah. They ended up in a dogfight of a division race. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen again. Do you think they're going to run away with the division with the Phillies doing what they just did today and Retreat thinking Turner, what they think about themselves? 11 years, and now, yeah, And now the Braves, I, it's not going to be a runaway division. You're going to need these guys all the way down the stretch through September. You are not going to win this thing with three weeks left and say, oh, now we can rest. It's not going to – look, and the, the reason I'll, I'll give this, uh, if we're grading this, I'll give Verlander an incomplete because you got to see what else happens to this team too. Like, if they don't fix the offense, and 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 in my opinion, get more athletic and get more power powerful, they're going to have problems. They're not going to be able to do it when they need to do it or put up big numbers when they need to put up big numbers, which is an issue. Then you still need to build a bullpen, right? Like, I mean, I like some of the arms that I'm seeing them, you know, gather, but – uh, Carlos Estevez, I think just went to the angels today for seven million a year. That was a great idea by the angels. This guy has nasty stuff. I saw him in the minor leagues in 18. He is disgusting. You put him in a new ballpark outside of Colorado. And I don't remember where else he's pitched recently. Like this guy's really good. I, he, he's going to have an opportunity to to make a roster and do something. Yes, it's Anaheim. Yes, he's probably going to stink there. That's what happens when you go to Anaheim. But he comes here and he had a good chance of being really good. Like that's the kind of stuff I I, I, I think the Mets are missing out on. Um, but look, they're trying to get the big fish done. They need to fill out this roster. And if if they do in a way that signals that Steve Cohen's okay with paying, and you mentioned this earlier in the offseason, $350 million. Wow. And good for you because it's not going to be just $350 million after the taxes. It's going to be like $450 million. Oh, um, that that's the and big you, thing. The Cohen tax is going to kick their ass. And, yeah, and you I, still I have, that, and you still have all the penalties that they're going on, that they're facing this year. Say they would have signed Rodon, yes. They would have not had, they yes. would have lost more draft picks and worse draft picks. And they would have lost a million dollars. That's going to happen again next year. So they're not going to be able to sign any more, you know, qualifying free agents again. Like, I, I get it, and and it's it's it, you you want to go down that road? That's a CBA thing. The players should have held their ground on certain things. They didn't, whatever. Um, but realistically, I just I thought they could have done better with the money, and that's that's where I differ. I think you could have gotten more, even though Rodon would have been more expensive because it would have been more years. He would not have been more expensive on an AAV. He wouldn't have actually been that close, to be honest with you. I think you would have been less than what Jake got I think he would have been what did Jake get like 37 I think a year I think this guy would have been in the roughly 32 to 35 million dollar range a year AAV wise so to me yeah I would rather have that in the prime of his years even though he has some injury history because he's really freaking good and I could have gotten him for those years I don't care if it's a longer you know a longer contract I'd rather give that and get more of those prime years than potentially Eighty-six million dollars at the window, see, which could happen
0: here. And while I was in favor of Rodon, and I would still love Rodon, now I don't think it's going to happen at this point. I think other teams are going to prioritize no, him heavier. No, not at this longer point. term. I don't see it happening. What I will say though, and I think this is in more of defense with the Mets and what they're trying to do here, it's clear that these <laughs> short-term high AAV type deals and this win-now stage for at least the next three years, right? They're no, wait, wait, just let, let me finish, Rick. I am, I am. Uh, the, the point here is that it would appear that the Mets are trusting what a guy like Max and Verlander can give you on the short term than taking a potential risk even on, say, Jake, five, six years, Rodon, six years. Not only I, I know the draft pick compensation comes in as a factor for them, and 1,000% does, and when that thinks otherwise is silly, it, it has for the Mets since Steve Cohen came in to this point at least. But I really think... It's with the fact that these guys are still uncertainties with health. I think the Mets rather take those risks with uncertainties at high AV short-term because Cone can handle it without a problem. And then they still have their eyes set on potentially a Shohei Otani next offseason. And two years from now, there's some massive pitchers that are going to be available in the market that are more reliable, more durable, they could sign to long-term deals. So I really think that all these – there's a lot of factors that are going into the Mets' decisions. But I think especially with a guy like Rodon – only having his past few years have been great. However, we saw that in his dominant year with the White Sox before he parted, he his velo dipped drastically in the second half. He was not fully healthy that year. Finally, had one truly fully healthy season now with the Giants, and also what was his walk walk year? I think the Mets are looking at those factors, and they don't want to take as much of a risk for long term commit. Commitment on, on guys similar to what they've been dealing with Jake in recent years, for example. I think that's the mindset that they have right now. If they're going to have issues, they rather be on the short term. That way, they can go out and change things as soon as either next year or the following year with the rotation. So, uh, again, I would have loved Jake and Rodon, either of them, 100. But I'm also not going to look at the Verlander signing as something where okay, he's about to be 40 years old. He's going to be shelved what he once was. Could he be? Yes. But that has yet to be, be proven. And I'm going to make a very bold statement right here, Rec. And I, I pray I'm right. And I'm sure you pray I'm right, too. I think Justin Verlander is going to pitch more innings than Jacob DeGrom next season.
1: That's my I, I mean, take. I could see that happening. Um, but will he be what you need him to be in October? And that that's has yet to be seen. Yep. that well, that's that's where that's where people got mad at me earlier today because I said online, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be positive about this signing, but I can't be all positive about it. And and I was talking about winning now versus sustained success, and I, I mentioned sustained success, and people latched onto that. I still don't even think this is a great win now move because I don't think the Verlander or or Scherzer you're going to get at the end of the year is going to be better than what you. Hi, Joe. Is going to be better than what you get or what you're gonna get from either DeGrom in October or Rodan, actually, especially Rodan in October. I think Rodon gives you a better shot to be healthy and to be pitching at an elite level in October than either of the two Met starters do. And that's the problem that's a fair argument. I see. I see, I see win now in Rodon. And I see sustained success because it's a lower AAV and you can handle it and push it out over a couple more years. It's, it's just, it depends on how you want to do business. Right. And for whatever reason right now, the Mets have this like hard line on like two or three years, which is funny because they gave, you know, um, Lindor, how many years, they're giving Diaz more years. Um, it, it's interesting that they are are putting this line on some of these starting pitchers when, I just, I don't think they need to. And I think they're handcuffing themselves in situations where they don't need to. when you talk about Rodon and the draft picks, the problem I have with that is if you sign Rodon, you were already letting Jake go that in my opinion, I don't think you were ever going to have both. So you let Jake go. You got a draft pick for him. If you let Walker go, you got a draft pick for him. You're good. Like you're fine. You got your two draft picks back. I know it's not the same, but in baseball, a second and a fifth compared to whatever they would be two fourths, I have something like that. Like, it's like, that's that's the same thing. Who cares? That's even to me. Dude, move on. You're good. You got all your draft picks and you could sign Bassett back in that scenario and you're good. You, you got your two draft picks. so You don't have to worry about that. Yes, there's a million dollar international money, but come on. Like they're spending it elsewhere. I, I wish they could spend more in the international pool. So, you know, in that scenario, but oh, well, like you're missing it one year, a million dollars. You'll be fine. You're the Mets. Okay. See, I I, lo- I love the different.
0: Opinions regain right now. So Joe, let's pan you. How do you feel about one, your raw reactions briefly to Jacob Degrom leaving, and two the Mets being so quick and responding by signing JV today? And then after we hear your thoughts, then we'll get Pat Regazzo on the show to break down all the latest live from San Diego for day two of the winter meetings. And oh, three,
1: Joe, and and three, Joe. How do you feel about your hair right now? Because I think it's an absolute ten. I don't. Absolute I 10. don't feel <laughs>
0: about it. I love it's fantastic. Like that that is is like it seemed like a build up for a negative comment, it was the sweetest compliment. I love that. No, it's like
1: it's like big and like yeah. Look at me,
2: I'm Joe. Is being on a football field since five thirty in the morning, being on set for uh, for All American. Yeah, Yeah, it was quite the. Got a little throwing dimes out there. QB one baby. I'm living Zach Wilson's dream life on and off the field right now. All right, all right, Joe. Let's hear your thoughts. With Degrom, I'm I'm kind of in good riddance mode. I I got to be completely honest there. You know, um, <laughs> I wreck. I'm sorry. I know you played with him. I know that you know you think he's the most talented pitcher on the planet. Which, when he's healthy, he is. But at the end of the day, sorry. the guy won five. The guy won five games last year. And you know, he just he didn't want to be a Met. And as more and more reports surface and more information comes out about how he felt about this team, about you know him making no effort to have a relationship with Steve Cohen. That he was leaving team events early, that he wasn't really, you know, developing a relationship with his own teammates. Of course, this stuff's going to come out now. Where was this stuff
1: last year? Then, if it's like that big of a deal, he
2: he did always seem disinterested. He did. I mean, he was not. He was not like Max in Buck Showalter's ear all the time. Hundred percent engaged. 100%. Because
1: because before the twenty one season, they offered him a three year extension
2: At before 34 any years of the injury old, started, take, take the money. Any of the injury. Wait, what? I mean he was what 34 years old like that's not 32. a terrible extension. He's 34 now. He turned 34 in June so he was 33 and a half.
1: No, before the before the 21 season. So that's okay. 2 years
2: ago. So at two 30 at 32 and a half, he got a 3-year extension that would have kept him a Met what through the age of 38 35? Well, the extension would start after.
1: Oh, it would start. It would have started after this year, right? It would have started so it would have right kept now. Kept him, kept until he was 37. 38
2: years old. I mean, it's not a bad deal. I, you know, I mean, Jake. Uh, to me, it was just a guy who wanted. He deserved more, more
1: than more. that from this organization. And Keep going.
2: I, I mean, wh- when it when is it enough? Right? Like, obviously, you know, he's all about the money. He could say he wants to win. Obviously, he's all about the money because he went to Texas, and they're not going to be winning anytime soon. So, you know, I really, I, I don't miss the guy. You know, I think Justin Verlander is, to Tyler's point, going to give us more innings this year. Will he be as dominant all the time as Jake? No. Jake's the most dominant pitcher in baseball when he's on, but Jake also gave up like nine earned in three innings against the Oakland A's this year. I don't think Verlander ever did that against the Oakland A's this year, and he faced them quite a few times. So I- I'm okay with this as long as they win now. I agree with your point about sustained success. Having Verlander and Scherzer come off the books at the same exact time, it- it's alarming but at the same time, Steve Cohen made $3.1 billion uh, in 2021. So I think that the Mets will will be okay.
0: Here, before we get to you, Rex, because I know you're going to want to respond to this, I did want to thank... Peb for the donation here in the live show on YouTube. Thank you so much for that. He says, No one Ryan effectively
1: pitched into his forties, Clemens into his forties. Why you not? You can Merleiter? erase that Clemens part. You can just cross that Clemens part out and not even and pretend like that's not there. Sorry, PebMets, but that doesn't that doesn't qualify in this scenario. Clemens
2: was throwing bats into his forties, right? He's <laughs> a <Piece of> shit. <laughs> I hate that guy so much.
1: He was also he was also shooting himself up with lots of stuff too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Degrom exactly. did not want to dead. come
0: back to the Mets. <laughs> if the Mets still make big moves, who cares how much Cohen spends? And that's a fair point, and I agree with the notion that as long as the Mets make sure that they have a roster that will certainly compete with the Braves and the Phillies, if not, be better than both of them by the time we get around to this upcoming. Hold season. Hold up, on, time out before you finish that sentence.
1: It's not just about competing with the Braves and Phillies. Is there is their goal? Not no, to win I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Is that not where they're at now? Again. I get it. I get the division. Fine. But you have to beat the Dodgers. You have to potentially beat the Cardinals who look really damn good and might make a big move still. You might, you potentially have to – I don't know what the Brewers are doing. You never know. Could be good. The Padres, I, I, look, they didn't look great, but they kicked our butt in the playoffs, and who knows what they're going like to look like next season. They were not happy. Who knows what, what they're going to look like. And then you have to beat the Astros and anybody else that comes out of that AL. You think the blue Jays aren't going to get better. You think the Yankees aren't going to get better. You think, well, maybe not the Yankees. Do you think some of these teams aren't going to get better? Like it's driving me nuts because they don't just have to replace the people they lost. They have to get better. And if you're not going to do it by bringing Jake back, because that was your best pitcher. I don't care that he didn't pitch. I know he didn't pitch, but he's still the best pitcher on the planet. He still gives you your highest ceiling if he's on your team. And the fact that he's not, you've just lowered your ceiling. And I, I get it; he wanted out. Maybe that's not your fault. But I don't see Verlander as your highest ceiling, especially because he might not be around in October, or he may not be pitching his best. He might give up nine to the damn Oakland Athletics at that point. I don't know, but I just I uh, getting angry. I, I I want them to win. I want them to be able to win a World Series. I want to look at this team in the spring and say they are very well-rounded. They may not be perfect. They don't have to be perfect. You can fix it at some point in the middle middle of the season, although they haven't really wanted to do that because they still don't want to part with players. But you have got to be pretty darn close. And there's no help coming from the minor leagues still. Outside of Alvarez You know, being your DH, maybe Beatty playing third, you don't know that yet. Vientos, I don't know if they're going to trade him or not. They, they, they just talk crap about his defense too much for me to think he's going to be any part of this team. Um, there's no help coming. Maybe a couple of bullpen pieces, but that's it. So what What are you going to do to make sure that you're well-rounded and good enough to compete for a World Series next year? And that is where I think Verlander is not the answer, not in my opinion. For next year, you really feel that way? Yeah. Verla- Verlander, who... Rodan, I, I would rather have Rodan. I think you have a better shot. You're paying him probably ten million dollars less. I wanted Rodon more. But can't can, can we take money out, out of the equation that. on
2: that though? Like if we're just I don't know. At-
1: I don't know. I don't know. Do you know full well that Steve Cohen wouldn't have signed an extra player for ten million dollars? You know, this coming season, if he had that extra ten million, you don't know that. I don't. I don't know. think signing. He might have a hard line on a number.
2: I, I really don't think signing Verlander as opposed to Rodon is going to impact the next starter he signs. Because there Hope there will not. be one more starter signed. And no, I don't that's, think that's fine. No, no, no. Difference.
1: There's going to be another starter. But what about another bullpen piece? A known quantity. What about, um, you know, a, a really good bench piece? What about an athletic, versatile defender who can help you with a bat? Like, there's there's ways to spend that $10 million. And I don't think that having Verlander over Rodon... And not having that extra piece for the same amount of money makes it... It's the same reason I told you guys I wouldn't have signed Scherzer last year. I would have signed two guys, two starters, instead of Scherzer last year. And I would have rather had that go. And I would have rather played with that throughout the rest of the season. Because you're more well-rounded. You have more options. You're less likely to break down at the end of the season. Because you have two instead of one. It's, It's literally just that simple. And I don't see them... They're going down the same path. Big contract. Great. You could have done made that two players somehow Rodon and another player, a lesser player. That's okay. Those still out, fill out big league rosters.
2: Do you really think Rodon's as dominant as Verlander though? I mean, this is a guy who just posted a sub two ERA in the American league. Rodon, his strikeout numbers are off the charts, but there were many games where I watched Rodon fail to go past six innings or, you know, also from time to time kind of gets slapped around out there. I, I mean, I think he's great. And I would have been, do you think you attached. can
1: really count on Verlander to go that deep into games this year? He he only pitched 175 innings. Like Rodan don't forget, wasn't that. he broke down for a little. He was going while. deep into games this past year, though. He was What's doing that? the
0: stereotypical starter of going between six, that most seven innings on average.
1: And and what is wrong with a guy who gives you six to seven innings? Nothing and doesn't give you. But I'm
0: saying that's exactly what Verlander is more than likely going to do. He's going to give you at minimum six, probably every
1: fifth day. That's fine, and I'd rather have Rodon. OK, because I trust him because I trust him. It's not about the starts in August. It's about the starts in October. Oh, and I agree. trust him to be healthier in October and to give me six or seven really good. innings. OK, in October. I don't give a crap about the starts in August. I yeah. think this team with Verlander or Rodon gets to the playoffs if they fill it out the rest of the way the right way. I think they get to the playoffs, but I don't think they're giving themselves their best opportunity in October with Verlander. They c- would have had a better opportunity with Jake or they would have had a better opportunity with Rodon. That's I get I
0: get what you're saying now more so. It's the fact of the durability down the stretch, right? Because yeah, I think for it. the Mets, Period. and he, and here's what could perfectly counter your standpoint, Rick. That's if the Mets make sure that they get creative. You know, I've heard from multiple Astros fans that Verlander thrives best in a six-man rotation, which I don't think they're wrong on. So is that something that the Mets, maybe not so much a six-man, but at least having guys that they know can eat multiple innings? Like The Mets need to find themselves Trevor Williams types, again, for this bullpen, slash being a number five starter. We have David Pearson. We have Tyler McGill. But there's more guys out there as well, and I think that's something that the Mets need to make
2: sure that they address. Am am I wrong, Joe, or am I right? Well, I'll I'll tell you who else thrives in a six-man rotation, and that's uh, Shohei Otani. (laughs) So (laughs) if the Mets want to just go out and get him – and then all of a sudden you have Scherzer, Verlander, and Shohei. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that over over Jake and Max.
0: Yeah. And, again, it's funny because Ben Verlander, who, of course, Justin's brother has his own podcast, um, spoke how excited Verlander is in joining the Mets. He's excited with how much Steve Cohen has done in a short time, how much that clubhouse has changed, analytically how much they've changed because Verlander is heavily heavy with his analytics. But Verlander, I mean, Ben, rather, his brother, is like, Biggest Shohei lover you will find out there. And um, he will certainly be doing his fair share of trying to recruit. Not that it's going to matter much on Shohei's end because it's not like he makes a deal himself. But I, I, a part of me feels like that this move to make sure that the Mets get another high-end pitcher on um short-term deal is somewhat a factor into pursuing Shohei. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But it feels like that, that these are factors for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. I mean, look, right now the Mets have two aces. It's what they had last year with Jake and Max. Now they've got it with Max and Justin, two aces, but two aces whose contracts could very well you know, expire by the end of the 2024 season, two aces who could leave at the same time. So even though a trade seems more and more unlikely, I think the door is definitely still open for next off season. to give him, I think that's where Steve Cohen would go for a long-term deal. I think he'd give Otani a potential long-term deal you know, have Max have Justin for one year together with him and then have him as the ace moving forward.
0: Or it maybe the trade deadline. You know, I think Rec, when you think for a second about the trade deadline and what the Mets didn't do, how like underwhelming it was, I think something that bothers me now more looking back is the fact that it seems like Jake was gonna be gone regardless. To just further reasons as to why you should go out and do the absolute most you can at the deadline. Yes, the Mets didn't have gaping holes in every area, but they had two major issues. The DH and also making sure that they had enough in that bullpen. Two things I felt that they didn't address enough while looking back this past year. So when you look ahead for next season, for example, would you argue that's almost in the best fit for the Mets to do go all in at the deadline for a superstar, even if he's a rental, like a Dodgers situation that we've seen with Max and Turner, not maybe not to that same degree, but landing a superstar of an area of need potentially when you know that you have such a short window with Scherzer who has that opt out after this upcoming season and Verlander, who's at minimum going to be here for two years.
1: It's going to depend on, on where the team's at in the situation. Yeah. Um, And look, it's 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 terrible to say that. I want to be able to give you an answer, but no, you're you're not. I'm gonna need to see. I'm gonna need to see Max and Justin at that point. I'm gonna need to see the records in the division. Know how much of a lead they have. Will they be able to rest them? I don't think they're going to be able to. This division's gonna be insane. I think Miami's gonna be. I thought they were gonna be better last year. They weren't. I still think they could be better this year with that staff. They could potentially put together if Edward Cabrera is healthy all year. If Sixto Sanchez shows up back on the face of the planet at some point. Um, and obviously with Sandy Alcantara, I don't know if they're trading away Lopez or any of these other guys, Jesus Luzardo. If they keep all those guys though, look, yes, the Mets, the Mets rate Pablo Lopez outside of that, that staff is ridiculous. Um, I, I just, I, I think there's just so many things that go into that. I, I don't want to say and commit myself to, yeah, they should go out and get the most expensive rental because they have a shot because I don't know how I'll feel come, you know, August one or July 31, whatever it is. So I I just, I'm going to need to see more about that. I I just, I get nervous when we talk about thinking about, I guess, the trade deadline and knowing that in my back of my mind, I don't think either of these top two starting pitchers are going to be great for me in October. And so what am I really going to need to add to this team to make them a world series, you know, challenger and and that's somewhere i just i i that that's why i don't like this move as much as i would another because those questions enter my mind because of it
0: okay fair enough well i know that we're gonna i game love fun.
1: justin verlander though guys i do i uh, still the, think uh, he's gonna be really good i think gotta, he could put up better numbers chat, in city field like yeah i'm not looking at the chat like yeah, i, I, I really do like
2: for, for your own mental don't
1: <laughs> it's fine i think he really could be fantastic For like a good portion of the season, I'm just not sure like I he's gonna be the guy in October because of his age and the wear and if he is good, I'm glad I'm wrong like I'm like it it, literally if that happens. Good, I'm okay with that. It's the same thing with Jeff, McNe- Jeff McNeil last year. I wanted to trade him, I wanted to kick him out of here. It had nothing to do with his performance. All those people who hate me and are like, Oh, look at him, he's got a batting title." I never, or well, almost won a batting title, whatever. I don't even remember. Did he win it? I don't even remember. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. Okay, like I don't <laughs> even care. Like, it had nothing to do with that. It was all about his attitude. Well, he was better this year. Like we saw a different Jeff McNeil, yay! Like I'm okay saying like I was wrong. I love that. I'm so glad that I was wrong. But he was able to change. I wanted that for him. He just wasn't showing me he could do it. He finally did it. Yay! He's he's here. I'm glad. Like I'm I'm okay being wrong. I'm okay if I'm wrong. That Verlander saying that he's I don't think he's going to be the Verlander. You know everyone expects in October. I hope I'm wrong. I just that that's just my gut instinct, and so that's what I'm what I'm speaking. Love that.
0: Okay, well, without further ado, let's bring in now our live reporter in San Diego at the winter meetings, that being a Mets beat writer, Pat Regazzo. Pat, how you doing, my man? Well, look at you all spiffy. How you doing, brother?
3: Thanks, man. Special occasion. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we're doing awesome. We've been having some heated debates discussions about the Mets with their status of their rotation right now as we saw Justin Verlander sign that new deal today um so for you I want to before I ask you about specific players regarding the Mets and the MLB as a whole what has the experience been like because I'm I know that this is your first time at the winter meetings is that correct
3: uh yes that is correct um the experience has been uh, pretty cool so far I mean uh, there's a lot of people here, uh, pretty much all hands on deck uh, from every department, from executives, scouts, agents, writers, everybody who's everybody is here for the most part. Um, and yeah, uh, the Mets got things going today, of course, with and uh, Verlander. So that that's uh, heated up the hot stove a little bit for you there.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, I know that you saw the Justin Verlander news that came out earlier today. Obviously, that's big news to replace Jacob deGrom in the rotation right away. But what have you heard about since then regarding the Mets and adding at minimum one more starting pitcher? You know, Kodai Sanga, Jameson Tyone, those pitchers. What what have you heard at this point?
3: Well, yeah, they're in on those guys. They've showed continued interest in Kodai Sanga. They tried to close a deal with Jameson Tyone last week and weren't able to do so. And Taiwan Walker is another guy who they've showed interest in who um, earlier on they they checked in on him uh, before pursuing the top level starters but I imagine that they'll circle back for, uh, to Taiwan Walker as well as Chris bassett who they'd also like to retain
0: okay yeah I mean when when I think about the Mets and their rotation you know could I think as someone that I personally would really love to see uh, if they can get it done I know he's gonna cost a multi-year deal for sure um Joe, especially for you, is Senga someone who you would prefer over, say, the Tyones, the Bassets, the Walkers? Then you have the even lesser guys that aren't bad pitchers, but, you know, you don't know how much you're going to get in the Striplings, the Heenies, etc.
2: Yeah, well, I I mean, look, I've already made it abundantly clear I don't want Jamison Tyone on this roster. Uh, Senga's a big question mark. I feel like Bassett's much more of a sure thing, but, you know, with Chris Bassett, obviously he wants a multi-year deal. The Mets... Clearly, seem reluctant to to do that and Bassett's getting up there in age already so Bassett versus Senga you have to weigh the pros and cons but Pat I'm actually right now a little more interested in position players uh, because Brandon Nimmo and Aaron Judge are by far the best outfielders on the market huge decline after that what's your gut telling you I know Nimmo is actually in San Diego right now for winter meetings Uh, do you feel like there might be some substantial progress made this week do you feel like the Mets are looking at other options I saw that Yasiel Puig, not that he's a perfect replacement. I saw he's also at winter meetings right now. What what are you thinking about the position player market? Um, Well, when we asked Billy Epler about
3: that today, he said there's still dialogue between the Mets and Brandon Nimmo. Um, But from what I've heard, Nimmo's market's very robust, and there's about eight to ten teams that are in on him. So there's certainly significant competition there. Um, Losing Nimmo would be a significant blow to the Mets, who would have a hard time replacing him. Um, their options are potentially moving Starling Marte and Mark Canna to center, but that's a lot of wear and tear to play center field when you're both both players approaching their age 34 season. So Nimmo is a player who they're still in on, but there is a lot of competition there. Um, and Billy Epler, he didn't say who, but he said that they've even uh, touched base on a couple of infielders as well. So. Um, the Mets are going to have to get creative there if they lose Nimmo. Um, and, yeah, they're, they definitely certainly need to add uh, in the position player side as well as pitching.
2: And before I turn it over to Rec, uh, have you seen any other big-name players? I know it's not too common for big-name free agents to be at winter meetings in person, but we've already heard of a couple guys out there. Have you seen anyone?
3: I have not seen anyone showing the lobby, but I did hear that uh, Yasiel Puig was there, and I know Brandon Nimmo's here as well.
0: All right, Rec, Do you got anything for Pat before I ask? I want
1: I want to answer the question. I finally figured out how to use the the comment, the chat thing. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Well, Rick, I just Rick, I, I just didn't realize YouTube all you had to do is click on. on comments. So I want to get to this first because it involves you, Pat. So I want to make sure you know we get this out here. Did you Did you see the comment I'm talking about? No, Morty, I don't know
2: how to show um, this. How I did how not. Do, do I just click no.
0: on it? How does that work? No. What What comment is
2: it? Is that the donation? Grant. Gr- yep. Yep. Oh Grant, a donation. oh,
0: Grant. Okay. Shout out mm-hmm. to Grant. Yep. You're on YouTube. That's Jenny Metz. There we and go. That's Twitter page. Make sure <laughs> to check out. Good. There we okay, go. I'm glad back and see this too. That's a good
1: question. So, whose hair looks better? I'm going to say, you know, they're pretty similar styles actually. I, I like this right now. I'm going to go – I really like Joe's when he signed on, but it's getting a little bit out of control over here on the, on the side. Little, little I'm going to go with Pat. I like, I like Pat's hair. I think Pat's got it. I think he, I think he wins this one. Thanks. Plus he's got Thank the jacket. You, right? I mean, the man's just, he's doing it right. He's in San Diego. <laughs> for God's sake. Not that Joe's in a bad place, but you know, still Pat wins.
2: <laughs> just, just a few <laughs> miles of five. Right. five I but okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Of course. Of course. So I'll get to my question real quick. Cause yeah. uh, I mean, they've, we've touched on a couple of things already, right? Starting pitchers, uh, Joe went position player. I'm going to go. I think they need the most help right now in the bullpen. Bingo. What are, I mean, are you hearing anything like what, what are they going to do to really fill out this bullpen? Cause it's not just, you know, a back end piece, right? Like they need some pieces. They need some versatile guys. They need some, maybe a lefty. They need several pieces to really put this thing together. Just, just let me know kind yeah. of what you're hearing on this front.
3: From what I've heard, they've touched base on just about every single relief pitcher on the market. Just, that side of the market has not moved yet um andrew chafin is a guy who they've had interest in since last year they tried to trade for him the trade that line and then they're going to have interest in him uh currently as well as he's a free agent again um another name that i kind of keep hearing is Araldus chapman maybe taking a flyer on him i, I don't know how serious uh or how, how serious his market is but i mean that could potentially be one way for the nets to uh fill out their bullpen if they're if they can get Chapman on a cheap deal and not have him be a setup man. And of course he wouldn't be the closer if you have Diaz, but he might be like a kind of nice middle relief uh, option to have, or, you know, just players like that, where they're going to have to get some of these flyers and get something out of these guys who, um, you know, maybe are not going to cost as much. Cause I know that they want to keep Adam out of, you of course they do, but um, they're not going to get him at the one year, $4 million deal that they signed him to last year. And he, he, they had a great year get a great year for them out of the bullpen this year. And he's going to cost a lot um, in free agency this year. So not sure that they're going to be able to keep out of, Vino, but they're going to have to uh, sign a couple guys here and uh, start filling out that bullpen.
2: Yeah. I think John just spoke for all of us. By the yeah. Way. It's, yep. Chapman. Yep.
0: He spoke for me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. That's interesting to hear about Chapman. I can't say I'm surprised again, the Mets, it's important for them to do their due diligence, with literally everyone out there, in the scenario where the Mets landed Chapman, I would be very conflicted on my feelings. Yes, you land a flame throwing lefty, but someone who has been the opposite of reliable in recent years—that's that, that's that's a tough one for me. But um, Pat, before I get you out of here, I just want to ask a couple more things, especially with the Mets right now and the rotation aspect. Are you under the notion that um, one Rodon is not going to happen now? I'd imagine right after landing Justin Verlander. And two, evaluating you know the pursuit of Jamison Tyone, for example. The Mets went really hard after him. Obviously, I know uh, Joe isn't as high on Tyone as I am. I think when it comes to simply just upside and his elite command, he's one of the best starting pitchers in baseball with Kame in the zone. Um, but for you, one, uh, what's what have you heard about Carlos Rodon to this point? And two, when evaluating that next starter to land, do you have a gut feeling that there's any favoritism with one player over the other right now?
3: Um, I don't think that there's – my gut doesn't tell me that there's favoritism with one player or the other right now. Um, with Rodon, though, they have had interest in him. They've met with him, of course. Uh, but signing Verlander, pretty much all of it takes them out on Rodon. Um, I think that uh, with their luxury tax right now, they're at $289 million, so they're only $1 million below the Steve Cohen tax, which, of course, they're going to go over this year. But they're not gonna they're gonna blow past it already. Yeah. So um I don't think that they'll be able to give Rodon the contract that he's looking for. I've heard the Yankees are seriously in on Rodon, as are the Dodgers and some other teams as well. Um so yeah, so I don't I think that uh with the Berlander deal it kinda of all but takes them out on Rodon.
0: And one last thing from me, at least, and that is Andrew Benatendi. I know that reports came out earlier today. The Mets have been showing interest in Andrew. He's someone that I know they also pursued back at the trade deadline. Of course, he went to New York, just went to the Bronx. I had that one really good game in the subway series against Max Scherzer. Of course, I was in attendance for that game. And then not long after that, Benatendi went down with injury and wasn't able to help impact the Yanks uh, in the playoffs. So, Andrew Benatini, do you think he's someone that's actually a feasible fit for the Mets in the scenario where Brandon nimmo is gone? I do
3: because of the type of, type of player he is. He's a pure contact hitter. He's got speed. He's a go glove caliber outfielder. Um, I do think that that would be a pretty good fallback option if they do lose Nimmo. It's just um, it doesn't solve your center field problem where, again, it would have to be Martin Bay or Canna splitting time or they'd have to sign a Kevin Kiermaier or trade for someone. And, uh, and rotate uh, Marte, Canna, and Benatendi between the corner outfield spots and DH. So I do think it would be a good move if they lo- if they lose Nimmo, but again, it wouldn't solve the biggest problem in center field.
0: 100% agree. All right, Joe, Rec, any final comments you got for Pat before we get him out here?
2: Yeah, Pat, I appreciate all the insight and your time, man. Just last thing for me, back to the bullpen how likely do you see a potential reunion with Trevor May? I mean, Trevor's been really vocal on social media, obviously all year, whether he was you know, active or inactive on the IL about how much he loves this team, how much he loves being a New York Met. Uh, I saw some really impressive flashes from him late in the season that made me really want a reunion there. Uh, do you think that it's something that's realistic? I think when healthy, he's a really solid uh, pitcher, and he's somebody who could
3: factor in as a setup man. And, um, based off the injury riddle season that he had, I think that they could have him for pretty cheap. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that it's impossible that they bring back May. Um, he's just, he's not going to get big money based off the uh, injury plague season he just had.
1: I think for me, uh, last thing I got for you, and I, again, appreciate your time, Pat. Um, we haven't touched on this at all Thank because it's not something that people talk about much. It's the Mets making a trade, right? Um, is is there anything? that, that you see as a real possibility, Brian Reynolds, they're not trading for Brian Reynolds, Um, a real (laughs) possibility of someone that they, you know, could make a move for, or are there any trades that you've, you've kind of heard discussed or maybe, maybe peak your interest guys that might peak your interest in a trade?
3: That's a tough one. Um, I've not delved dove into the trade market too much. um, But I, I mean, if they can't get the starter that they want with how hot the starting pitching market is, they could potentially look to, uh, to trade for a starter. Um, It just depends on what teams are given, are going to give up. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to forecast that right now.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's the fun part about that, um, that area. And we know, the Mets don't want to trade top prospects, but at the same time, I don't envision them not trading, making a trade before next season, right? Something on the big yeah. league level. I just, I just feel like they have to with where they're at. So I, I there's, there's a lot of different ways they can go, but I, I, I do think there's still real value in either a starting pitchers or B, a potential power bat somewhere on the trade market that isn't going to cost you a top five prospect, you know, and something that I think the Mets could swallow. So just wanted to see your your insight on that, but uh, again, it, it's it's that's one of those like dream scenarios. It could be a million different players, so you never know what's coming.
3: Well, just take a look at last year too, where they they uh, needed a starting pitcher and they went out and they traded for Chris Basson. So we could see something like that if they can't get what they want on the free agent market, or if they lose Nimo and they need another bat. And and I agree with you, the power is an area that they struggled in last year and definitely could insert more into the lineup. I know they're very fixated on run creation, but uh, that is you know, kind of how you do solve that problem of run creation. And especially if you're, you lose some of your uh, bigger name pitchers, you need to have offense there. And uh, especially if you're going to compete with the Phillies now, they got Trey Turner and um, they have a monster lineup there. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that maybe starting pitching and uh, you know, maybe power could be something they could explore on the, on the market. I agree with you there.
0: Yeah, a lot more things to be had this off season for the Mets. I'm sure it's going to continue to be a hectic week. And, Pat, for you, I hope it's a hectic but a fun, entertaining one at the Winter Meetings. We want to thank you so much again for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate it. For people that don't know, Pat's been on here on YouTube on wordy NYM multiple times. Last off season was the first time we had him on the lockout. Definitely had for some fun discussions. So, Pat, it's always a pleasure to have you on, my man. And we're looking forward to talking to you again soon, okay?
3: Thanks so much, guys. It was a blast. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah. All right. See you later, Pat. Pat. Have a good one. All right. Shout out to Pat for coming on. Always appreciate that. Again, it's a new experience for him again, being at the winter meetings for the first time. He's only been on the beat for the Mets for just, like over a year, I would say like he's fairly new working with sports Illustrated, So he's definitely been having a good time. Even had a chance to meet him in person a couple of times at games this past season. Great guy. But before we wrap up the show, guys, I guess any final closing thoughts on the Mets, you know, again, it's going to be a busy week for them. It wouldn't be all that surprising if this isn't even the one show we have this week, should any other breaking news happens, that's warranted of a live podcast. So I guess starting with you, Joe, Um, what's your anticipation for the remainder of the week? You know, the Mets, there's a lot of stuff going on with Brandon Nimmo, Ben but I feel like this is my gut feeling. So let me know if you guys feel the same or different. I think they're going to land another starting pitcher in the next 48 hours.
2: Yeah, I mean, it would certainly be smart. Uh, Maybe not 48, but at some point this week, I definitely see that happening. Mm -hmm. My biggest takeaway right now, and and I've kind of been consistent with this stance all offseason, Brandon Nimmo is the most important guy to sign or re-sign. Doesn't matter. Um, You know, I said it a few weeks ago, and and you know, I I don't want anyone to say, "Oh, I'm just mad at Degrom because he left." I've been consistent in saying that Brandon Nimmo was more important to re-sign than Jacob Degrom. So you bring back Diaz, you bring back Nimmo, and then you're replacing Jake with Verlander. You see who you replace Bassett with. The bullpen has to get better. But all in all bring back Nimmo and then, you know, minor upgrades at, at some other uh, spots. And I think that this is a team that, you know, can contend to win a World Series with or without Jake. It, to me, if they don't bring back Brandon Nimo, they've got way more serious problems.
0: What about you? I think
1: Ryan? they need to get athletic. Um, mm. I think Nimmo is a part of that, uh, but he doesn't steal bases, so that's an issue. Um, but I think there's I think there's areas for this team to improve – By continuing to be versatile and getting more versatile at the start of last year, I thought they were on their way there right now. I, I just not seeing it again. Um, the roster isn't, um, you know, in that space because realistically, you know, Escobar is a a third baseman right now and maybe not much else. Uh, He can play a little bit of second base fine, but McNeil's pretty much there. Are you going to put McNeil in the outfield? I'd rather have him at, in, at second base every day. You just end up getting locked into a lot of different lineups. Could I still put him in the outfield at times? Yes. Um, so that's one way. But where where are your guys who are going to, you know, steal you bases, play amazing defense, and, you know, be not not even just steal bases, but be great base runners, um, do the little things. Like, they just don't have a ton of that. They, they really don't. Um Nimmo was one of those guys, though, outside of stealing bases. And so I think they—I'm uh, with Joe. You gotta, you gotta lock up Nimmo in center field. I, I don't see any other center fielder that I, I really love. I mean, I love Cody Bellinger, but you can't take that chance with the starting center fielder. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and and he is athletic, and he gives you the opportunity to steal bases. He gives you the opportunity for power. Is he gonna hit above a buck fifty? I don't. I don't know. I so that's that's scary as heck. Um, there's just there's so many there's so many unknowns with this team right now. I think they have a lot of work to do. I don't think it's just a few pieces or I think there's a lot of work to do on this roster. Um uh they need to find ways to score more runs. They need to find ways to lock down that bullpen and they still need a starter or two. So to me that is there's just so much to do that over the next couple of days. They better just lay the groundwork for everything that they need to get done. I I think they I think they make a trade sooner than later. I think they're they they've got to be exploring that trade market to see what value could be out there. What guy really could be had for next to nothing? A team who, you know, has a guy who's making some money or about to make some money, and they're not even looking for that many prospects. They're just looking to unload that money. Hey, Mets. Take him for us. Great. You don't have to give us much back. That's fine. I think that's the kind of thing. Again, we talked about this last year. That's what they ended up you know, trying to do with Bassett and others. I think they're going to have to try to find those kinds of deals again. I think this week they get that groundwork done. Hopefully that happens sooner and later so we can start to see this roster take shape.
0: Yeah, I, I love the trade talk aspect as well. I think that's something that is not getting any talk about. And I do yep. agree that if and when it happens for the Mets, It'll be very under the radar. It's just gonna happen, you know. That's what I think. I don't think there's gonna be much build up to it. The same way that you see in free agency, Mets have been doing pretty damn well for the most part since Cohen came in with a a lot of different signings and trades. Of you're really not hearing too much. Like we have speculation all day of the week, and maybe we were right and players that realistically look like fits, but. A lot of stuff's been hush-hush, so I agree with you. Yeah, I definitely foresee a world where they get some deals done. It's a question of who. You know, to your point, I don't think Brian Reynolds is happening, so I think he'd be awesome. Yes, I think if you're going to replace Brandon Nimmo, he's far and away your best option out there in the trade market and for agent market, for that matter.
1: But. I just don't see a world. Well, where the problem is he's not a great center fielder. No, you know he, what he's, mean? he's like, a he's the worst defender. He's a corner uh, out. Nimmo, He's a corner outfielder.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's the worst defender for Nimmo. who's drastically gotten better the past two years. And two, um, he's younger, controllable, and I I could see him going to like the Yankees. That's some power too. He does have some power. He, he's yeah. a really appealing player for sure. And he's definitely gonna get dealt at some point to the highest bidder. But overall, uh Brandon Nimmo, I think when it comes down to not only his performance, but his character. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but he, he's the most selfless player imaginable. And he's just that type of player that I feel like you want on a winning team. And again, maybe this is just the Homer in me talking about knowing him so well as a player who he is still driving that damn Ultima that he's had for like a decade. But he just, he's just that type of player, that good vibe presence, that team now, team first. It's always about the team first. It's never been about Brandon Nimmo when he steps on the field. It's always about the Mets. And that's something that I greatly appreciate about him. And those are the type of players that you need to win and have success at the MLB level. It's as simple as that. And I think he's someone that should certainly be heavily considered on bringing back at absolute minimum. Because, I mean, if we find ourselves in a world where both Bren and Nemo and Jacob DeGrom are not Mets next year when they looked like essentially priorities number one and two heading into the offseason, aside from Diaz, that would be absurd and something that I, as a fan, am not going to be comfortable with how are you going to replace him properly? But before we get out of here, guys, I do want to address two, two donations here in the live show. Pet Mets, thank you so much for the dono He says, I appreciate Anthony's view, but Rodon's most innings was 178 in 2022. Don't blame the Mets for not wanting to go five plus. Check in with Trevor Williams as a six starter bullpen was an asset. I agree with Trevor Williams. I would love him back. I think he's just going to be too expensive for the Mets, unfortunately. Do you guys agree or disagree with that?
2: I think you hit the nail on the head, Wardy. I think he's going to cost more than he really realistically should. um, But I'd love him back in that swing role.
1: Yeah. Would he be too expensive if you signed Rodon for 10 million less a year? I'm not going to let it go. I'm just telling you, this is (laughs) the kind of stupid stuff that you could do with that. If you're going to say it's too expensive, then don't sign Verlander. So no, don't but, say,
2: but but independent of the starting pitching situation, I've always thought that Williams was gonna be overpaid because of the great year he turned in last year, as opposed to who he really he's not is.
1: Gonna, he's not gonna get paid starter money. Nobody's gonna think this guy is gonna be there four or five. They're gonna, gonna say he's, he's a swing guy and million. he's not gonna get paid. He's not gonna get paid fifteen million a year. Like it's just not gonna happen.
2: Over under ten.
1: It's a good number. Um <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I wouldn't give him more than six. No, I'll take under.
2: Okay. Because if, if you can get Trevor Williams on a two year $12 million deal, I would mm, give him that.
1: I would say two sixteen.
2: That's pushing it for me. And this was all independent of any starter that they signed. I just that's
1: eight million a year. You could that'd be free if you signed Rodon instead of Verlander. Oh my goodness. I would do two for eighteen. Uh <laughs>
0: two for sixteen, like Rex said. I wouldn't even bat an eye with it. I would get Trevor Williams at minimum eight million dollars a year. People don't seem to realize just how important he is for this team, especially I would, with I don't think he can replicate it.
1: I don't think he replicates the same thing he did as a Met. I, I, I really don't. I love Trevor Williams. Don't get the This is a Met again, I'm elsewhere gonna, I'm gonna fall into this, or just my face Trevor Williams in, in 2016 or 17 in the minor leagues. I thought this dude was filthy. He was with the Pirates throwing 96, 97 sinkers, cutters, curveballs, slider. He was so good. I thought he was going to dominate. Um, not throwing that hard anymore, and obviously not quite the same pitcher. But he's very—he's good. I just—I don't—I don't know that he's gonna do it again. That's all I'm trying to say.
0: Would you argue that he has a higher likelihood of doing it again with the Mets next year, at minimum, than Adam Adovino?
1: Say that again. Sorry, I'm getting some family. Oh no! That?
0: No worries. We're going to wrap up the show in the second. I would say, but would you argue that Williams is more likely to have another strong year with the Mets versus Adam Ottavino? <sighs>
1: um, so basically, you're making me pick one of these guys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would take Williams over Ottavino. I think okay. he'll. I think he has the opportunity to repeat what he did more so than Ottavino does. Yeah.
2: I I would, too, because Scherzer and Verlander are probably going to start a combined 54 out of 64 starts that you'd expect. So I I would go Williams, too, for that reason, because he could slot in for 10 starts if needed.
0: I see 1200 here in the uh, live stream with the donation. Always talking about Thomas the He's been talking about Thomas the as the inside joke, literally since the day that man took the mound in San Francisco. Thank you so much for the donation, brother. I appreciate that. That was a good start, right?
2: That
1: was a good start, right? (laughs) Yeah. I
2: think (laughs) it went well. Yeah, yeah, sure. ERA of 54.
1: That's a very good comment. Dylan Moore is fantastic. I got to. I, I got to kid. see him in spring yeah. training with Atlanta. I actually agree. He's a yeah. great kid too. He's a great person. I love that kid. Um, I really Get like him and Nimmo great... on the team
2: and just lead the league in Canada. I, do, I just
1: don't know why Seattle would give him up, but still awesome.
0: I mean, if they add, if Seattle adds like a Michael Conforto, could it be more feasible?
1: Potentially, because I mean, they, they have market. a glut of outfielders. I mean, I know yep. he. So, I mean, he could play the infield, too. I've seen him play the infield, too. So. Base, I mean, right? Those are the type of guys mm-hmm. I want the Mets
0: to get. If you're going to be versatile, I want 100%. give me more Jeff McNeils, basically,
2: is is what I'm trying to say here. Well, I'm thinking throw. Seattle goes out and signs Judge, and then Dylan Moore becomes available very cheap. <laughs>
0: Who says no? <laughs>
2: it, it happened in MLB The Show a couple months ago when I was playing. Seattle signed Judge, <laughs> and I was like, that's actually – I would like that because I, w- I, I don't think the Mets are going to get him, and like I would really rather see him with Seattle than San Fran or the Yankees.
0: Yeah, uh, I-, I like Seattle. They're America's team now. I- I'm I'm room for them. Aside America's aside from Paul Seawald's comments, you know, i, I- I'm-, oh, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. But, uh, guys, I think that's going to do it. This was a whirlwind of an episode longer than we should have done it per usual. So, stay tuned. If we do have another live show this week, that will be because breaking news happens that is warranted of an immediate discussion. But, guys, make sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts or Believe in Queens, as always. And make sure to rate, review, all that great stuff. Also, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. Greatly appreciate it. That's Anthony Recker, Anthony underscore Record. Make sure to check him out on MLB Network every week. Same thing with Joe Serral. Make sure to check him out at the Joe sarah with the sarah sports talk show and of course you guys know where to find me here on youtube at Wardy and M-O-M. thank you guys so much for watching and listening Mets got jv now let's see what's next for the team in queens we'll talk to you guys later have a great night everyone
1: i'm so glad i could see the chat now <laughs> i know what's being said
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform